we're 20 minutes in postponing starting our podcast. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, we haven't seen each other since Sunday. Yeah. What a it's long Wednesday time. now. We usually see, we used to see each other every day, every but day. now we both have lives. <laughs> we both work a lot, yeah. so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today we are going to talk about um, Helen Keller and eugenics. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have that much to say on Helen Keller, um, but it's just like the entryway into the conversation about eugenics. Yeah. So I studied the early American eugenics, which I think we should just call the American eugenics movement. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the early American eugenics movement, but that's like... I just have enough knowledge to be dangerous. I've spent the last two hours studying it, so... <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Making money moves out here, so... Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna I'm not like... gonna do any, like, intro of, like, how are you doing? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Who cares? <laughs> I think they maybe they care about how we're doing, Liv. How's your Lent going? How about that? Oh, we should ask about Lent. Um, my Lent is going great. I wrote in my prayer journal last night that I'm... I'm finding it difficult to be quiet in my life. Mmm. Mmm. So unusual. But I was doing really good for the first couple days. Yay. Fasting is, like, my fasting days are, like, really spiritually rich. Good. That's so But then the rest of my days are, it's a hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. So, how's your life going? I feel like it's fine. I feel like <laughs> I, like it's fine. I don't know. I feel like I haven't changed it. Like, I want to be really dramatic and, like, do something crazy. But then that's not... It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And you just feel terrible about yourself. Yeah, right. So, I'm doing fine with my little... No social media was really hard at first. Really hard. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard anymore. Like, it's... I find myself, when I'm bored, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, um, if I'm sitting and I'm waiting... Like, if I'm waiting for something to happen... Mm. I'm just sitting. Oh my gosh, it's awful when you don't just have like a little thing to scroll through, but whatever. You get over it. Like it's not. You do. So, not horrible. Not as bad as I thought it would be anyway. Um, now, like a week, what are we, a weekend now to Lent? We are. Woo. Um, yeah, prayer's been good. Almsgiving has been good. Um, I, hi, Enzo's in here with us today. That's Olivia's cat. Um, Mm -hmm. he can't, he's kind of getting destructive. He's ripped out a plant out of its pot. Oh no, I why? I come home from work and he's just, he's just like is... torn. He's, he's bored. Um, Are you bored? Children and he's pets. He's literally jumping everywhere. Children and pets, when they get bored, they get destructive. <laughs> is he naughty or is he bored? <laughs> so. Yeah. That's what, that's what my grandmother and my mother say. That's not from that's me as a childless woman saying that too. <laughs> yeah, really. Anyone else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Len's been good. I've been loving, um, some of the Lenten things we've been having at CCM, and I've been loving the Mass, and, um, I loved that on Sunday when I unexpectedly had to play piano for Mass, I didn't have to play the Gloria, that was <laughs> great. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's that was so weird sounding. Like, I, I feel like I'm almost a year into being Catholic. Yeah. Over a year of attending Mass uh-huh. regularly. And the Gloria Oh, the Gloria is weird sounding. Still okay. weird. The words are just the tune. Yes. The words are weird? I don't know. I feel like the words need to be to a different tune so that it makes the words weird. Correct. All of the tunes are wonky. I don't like I don't think I like any of the tunes to which the Gloria is set. Any of them. The one that we do, I like the best. This is a massive creation, if anybody knows. Um 
I I think that's the one I like best as well. It's I think that, that's what my home parish It makes does. the most sense to me. Um, and it's set up that you don't have to go back to the glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, people of goodwill as like a refrain because that's not what it's supposed to be. Mm. So I like that it's set up so you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of other ones, it doesn't really make any like musical sense if you don't. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, a lot you're right though. I, I wish that there was better options, but I feel like all of them are awful. I've never heard though. I don't think I've ever heard like a chant Gloria. Ooh, so maybe I should look into that. Um, random. Mm-hmm. In my trying to not waste time on my phone doing nothing, I've listened to some more podcasts. So I listened yeah. to an AMDG podcast, which is the Jesuits. Oh, very fun. Because I love the Jesuits. Um, and they talked about a priest, cannot remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um, they had on two guests who are like, um, experts about this priest who he's okay. passed on now, but oh, he wrote okay. a lot of music for oh, wow. mass. He wrote liturgical music and mm-hmm. then he was also like the first black priest to be ordained in the diocese of Cincinnati in Ohio. Oh, okay. So yeah, fascinating. So I'm thinking about like people actually write the liturgical music. Yeah. Yeah. You should team up with my sister. <laughs> Sophia. And write mass music. Because be she's fun. studying composition. That and would then be you've super been cool. doing it for so long and you know. Yeah. That would be cool to write like a new mass setting. Like a very, I would love just like a simple, easy to sing, beautiful mass setting. I think it's needed. I think, I, th- I, I love <laughs> I'd have Novus to get it like, a, I'd have to get it like officiated by the church. I don't know how you would do that. Well, you have to write it first. Yeah, right, sure, sure. I'm, I'm thinking of, like, it'd be so crazy we couldn't get that done, but... You yeah. you just, you start writing it, and mm-hmm. then you'd be like, oh, this is decent, and then you go into the process. But mm-hmm. I love the Novus Ordo, and I think we need to keep going into the part of the Novus Ordo that's supposed to connect with each individual mm-hmm. in, like, a simple mm-hmm. way. Like, it's, like, it's not... Something being simple and easy to understand doesn't make it universal. less impactful or important sure. or beautiful yes. right so like i find it really difficult when we have latin parts because my i don't feel like my my spirit and my mind and my heart are involved in the same way because right. i don't understand, understand the words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the same kind of way sure and the I whole underst- point of the notice yeah. well the whole point of the mass in general but the notice i think i don't i'm not I, i'm not super well educated on the novice order versus the traditional latin mind. mass but I'm um out of my butt, so but i what I'm talking out of my butt. Oh, um, but version. <laughs> um, but I think I think that uh, um, the the Novus Order especially is supposed to be very universal. It's supposed mm-hmm. to apply to a lot of people. The Mass is liturgical, not devotional. Right? Devotional is your own thing in your own okay. heart. It's applicable to you. Li- the liturgy is supposed to be applicable to a lot of people. So that's like one of the reasons why at CCM we have been switching. To singing the antiphons rather than singing hymns because you might not feel what this particular hymn is saying you might not you know mm-hmm. what i mean like this might hymn might not be applicable to you antiphons are specifically scripture the scripture I, is applicable that, to you like whether you like it or not the mass is so much scripture that's yeah, that's, that's why point. i like yeah. i like it in english so i can understand the scripture and bring mm-hmm. it into my mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to connect with me but if i understand what's being said and you communicated can, yeah, yeah, yeah. i can participate i, agree. I feel like more fully. i agree yeah that's what i meant yeah um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, I love that. That's, I think, I haven't been to a Latin Mass, so I really shouldn't. Oh, like, you have, girl! <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like oh, no sort of better. I've been to Latin mass. I liked it a lot, but I just, I just say I liked it better. I just said I liked it. That's funny. No sort of yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's good to love. Um, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yay Lent. Yay, Yay Lent. Yay mass. mass. That was freaky. Okay. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. I talked for you, JC. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about Helen Keller. Um, so Helen Keller was born in like the late 1800s, I think. Okay. Um, let me see. Actually, I have it, I have it here. Um, yeah, so she was born in 1880 um, in Alabama, and she was born to into a family, and like they were fine, and then she's like, <clears throat> two years old, she got like a horrible sickness, and it left her deaf and blind. Um, and so her parents, she was already connected, you know, she wasn't born deaf and blind, she was, this happened to her essentially, so she was already connected to her parents, she um, had, I think, like very, she had heard before, you know, she had heard language and things like that, I think she probably, being two years old, probably spoke a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but then, uh, and they also don't know why. What illness caused her deaf and blindness? Um, but anyway, so she, she grew up and no one could, like, essentially, like, get to her, like, get, you know, get in her mind. Um, because when you can't hear and you can't, you know, and you can't see, you can't use any other things that would have been used, you know, you can't use sign, sign language, language you can't braille, use, you right. can't hear. Right. Um, and she, she couldn't hear. Definitely. She couldn't hear. Oh, no, no, no seeing, no hearing. Okay. Um, so, um... They like they tried all these tutors, all these things. There's this play and a movie about her called The Miracle Worker, about this um, tutor named Annie something. I don't remember her last mm -hmm. name. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and she uh, using like the vibrations of her throat, using Helen's hand and putting it on her throat, and using finger spelling in her hand, she got her to communicate to her. Wow. Yeah, and that like broke through essentially, and then she was learning, learning, learning. Eventually, she grows up. And is like an author, she was an educator, she was like, she did speeches, she flew a plane at one point, she like, did all these crazy things. Um, so she actually did learn Braille. Um, I'm not really, I, I, I don't know how all of these things happened. Like, I, I think it's really interesting, it's like funny as a joke conspiracy theory, sometimes people are like, Helen Keller didn't exist, or, like, Helen Keller really was, because wasn't really... Because how is this possible? Because how is this possible? But I think that that goes back to our misunderstanding of people with disabilities. Definitely. That, like, we don't think that someone who's deaf can experience the world the way we do. Because they can't. But experiencing the way the world the way we do is not the only way to experience the world. Yeah. And we don't think someone who's blind can experience the world the way we do, because X, Y, Z. Um, and we, it's, we find it hard to put ourselves in other people's shoes... Especially with things like this when you, you have a sense that's cut off from the world. But I think also when you don't have those senses, you probably realize more of the senses that we have, right? Like we don't we, we have understood about people that we have a bet we obviously we have touch, sound, sight, all these set like five mm -hmm. senses, but you also have a sense of like location. You have a sense like you have kinesthetic senses of like, you know, your direction, you have all these balance, you know, yeah. balance, right? Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure there's more of that at play in these stories as well. Um, but anyway, so so she was kind of she has been kind of like lauded as this advocate and this political activist and all of these things. Um, but something really crazy about her, which mm -hmm. I learned because I was obsessed with Helen Keller as a child, 
but I did not le learn this until my adult life, was she actually, at one point in her life at least, um, was a huge supporter of eugenics. This, okay, as I've studied this, mm -hmm. this is not as crazy as you think it no. is. No! Everybody was a eugenist. Isn't it insane? This blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we have all of these problems now. Because everyone was a eugenist. Before. Before. And eugenics is the root of so many of the, like, communal issues that we have now. Yes. In our world. Yes. The way we view poor people, homeless people, people of color. Like, yeah. on a cultural systematic. Yeah. Like, an in yes. individual to individual yes. is different. Yeah. But like, a societal level of, like, this is how yeah. we need to treat these people yeah. and care for these people. Yeah. It's an issue, and it's I an think issue. this yeah, is because of eugenics. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so let me tell, talk about Helen Keller, and then we'll get yeah. into what yeah. eugenics is, and then you can tell us more about yes. people. So, um, I'm reading from this article that we'll put in our show notes on our blog. Um, oh. <laughs> is the blog going to be ready? It's going to be ready. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, Keller had a complicated relationship with disability. Like many of her time, she fully supported the policies of the eugenics and euthanasia movements, arguing that disabled children's lives should not be sustained. In a highly... Right? Oh, I can't. She... Yep, okay. What? In a highly publicized case in 1915, a deformed baby was allowed to die after his physician refused to operate on him. In pages of popular newspapers and magazines, Keller defended the physician's actions against the, quote, cowardly sentimentalism of those who condemned him, arguing that the life of the baby was, quote, not worthwhile, and that he was, quote, almost sure to be a potential criminal when he grew up. What? <laughs> I can't. Right? I can't. Like, we, I think one of the issues is we assume people who have run into issues of um, being discriminated against uh -huh. for something, such as Helen Keller was discriminated against because of her disability. We expect... I think we expect people who have had the experience of being disabled, you know, being discriminated against because of their disability, like, she was obviously not put in the best position, being a deaf and blind woman, obviously wasn't born with her disability, but still it perpetrated throughout her life, it impacted her every day, like, yeah, like, does she view her own life and her own experience as, like, you know, not worthwhile or something? Right, it might be, it's, it might, maybe it's, like, her own issues with herself. Yeah. It's like a self-hate issue. That's the thing. Is, again, we expect these people to be the people who are, like, the most sympathetic to, quote-unquote, people like them. And then they turn around and they're not. Like, they're like, yeah, no, you deserve to die. What? Does she hate herself secretly? Is that what this is? Do, I can't... It doesn't make sense at all, in any way. Can I tell you another thing, though? Yes. Okay. 13 years later... She altered her views. Oh. Apparently. She argued publicly for the life of a blind baby, declaring that the baby still had a chance to have, it, quote, vision more precious than sight, since the truly disabled were those who had, quote, eyes of ignorance. Oh, so it's deafness and blindness. We, we keep that. Yeah, maybe she... But we get rid of feeble-minded individuals. Well, that but this that, is... was, that well, was the scientific term at the time. Was feeble-minded. I know. Was, like, applied to a lot of different people. Like, anything was wrong with you. <laughs> you were feeble-minded. Yeah. Um, no, it's just interesting. You they had depression. Feeble-minded. Yeah. They don't say who, what kind of, this baby was deformed. They don't really say what that was, but 
Maybe they um, didn't say anything else besides deformed. Apparently throughout her life, she, um, uh, she refused to speak to groups and organizations on behalf of people with disabilities. She yeah. evidently did not view herself as a member of an oppressed group, but rather as an individual who had difficulties that she was able to overcome. So I'm also wondering, from what I remember, this is, I'm not reading off of a source here, from what I remember, she was from a wealthy family. Wealthy so maybe she was giving more opportunities, and so she doesn't really see herself as, you know, I mean, blind, deaf, or deaf or blind, much less deaf and blind, people of the time did not get the same opportunities that she did because she was, I think, I think fairly wealthy. Um, so yeah, yeah another, another big difference is that it wasn't something she was born with. Yeah. I think that would affect her thinking on this because it, the eugenics movement was kind of the idea that people have a genetic, they're, issue. they're just like that. Yeah. It's hereditary. It comes from their parents and then down. And it, they, it's like moral issues. Mm-hmm. Poverty was thought to be hereditary. Yeah. Like you were inclined towards poverty because of a hereditary yeah, reason. Yeah, so let me explain. What? Yeah, so let me explain. Eugenics in general is like the idea that mm-hmm. people who are doing better in life are just better people. Um, this kind of stems weirdly from Charles Darwin and yeah. his idea of um, selective. What is it called? No, not selective. Uh, uh, natural selection. Natural selection. Thank yeah. you. Survival of the fittest. Survival was of like the fittest. An extrapolation so, on his sure. Idea. And so he, so people kind of run with that and go, well, if you're being a quote-unquote good human, right, if you are wealthy, if you are well-educated, if you are et cetera, et cetera, these are traits that you hold and they make you a better human, and so you should continue the population. And only procreate with people who are like you. Like, like you. So yeah. that's the thing. There's positive eugenics and there's negative eugenics. So positive eugenics is, is the idea. Good people. Good, good people. Good people. Quote, unquote, should continue to breed and have more babies because that will mean that society will be better. Negative eugenics is the idea that... Uh, we should sterilize. Sterilize bad, quote-unquote, bad people groups, or they should be discouraged from procreating. Okay. Um, and I want to really quickly go off on a person that, um, apparently, I did not know, worked very closely with Helen Keller, was Andrew Alexander Graham Bell, mm-hmm. who, inventor of the telephone. Mm-hmm. Huge eugenist. Eugenicist? Eugenics. Eugenist. Anyway. I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. He, he was advocated for eugenics. He apparently never advocated for deaf people to be sterilized, but he did try to persuade deaf people to not marry one another because he feared that they would pass on their disability and create a, quote, defective variety of the race. <laughs> And, okay, hold on, this is important to the Helen Keller side. He recruited prominent figures to his side, including Helen Keller, who dedicated her first memoir to him. um, Oh, my word. And who initially understood herself the way he understood her, as an inspirational but broken human being. This is a quote from her. Are you ready? You're not ready. I'm definitely not ready. This is is going to take an exercise self-control to No, it's really sad. Oh, no. I can't imagine a man wanting to marry me, she said. I should think it would seem like marrying a statue. What? Isn't that so sad? Because she's deaf and blind. <laughs> You're gonna think something 
what happened. We're just staring at each other. Because that, that's horrible. There are no words. Because it doesn't even make sense. A statue. A statue. So you're right. Like, she obviously has some issues with herself. She has issues with herself. Yeah, maybe this is herself. why she's, like... Confused. She's confused about herself. Yeah, she is. Ugh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready for my thing? Mm. Um, so I'm gonna hop in with um, Charles Darwin. So he came up with this idea of natural selection, mm -hmm. where like certain traits are whatever, whatever. Um, this also comes down to Gregor Mendel, who I guess oh, yeah. is a priest. Well, he he's the whole guy with the. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. He's the whole guy with the. Um, he was a monk or something. No. Yeah. What? Yeah, girl, I spent two hours studying. I'm an expert now. <laughs> He's a monk? Her, some, something. He was a religious person, and he was, like, studying. Apparently he's a friar. There we go. Friar. Is he Catholic? Yeah. He was Catholic! Okay. Yeah, so he came up with yeah, the he's idea... He's a biologist, meteorologist, mathematician, mm -hmm. yada yada. He has yeah. the... Was he the Putnam Square guy? Yeah. Like Putnam, Putnam? So he came up with this idea of... Yeah. Heredity, mm -hmm. in general. Um, and so then it keeps going down. But she was right about, do not sully his name with eugenics. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, he, his idea was good. Yeah. We're getting down here, as I keep naming people, mm -hmm. their ideas, they keep, like, taking the idea above Some them, good things from And then it they and kind of, like, mash it like, all mash together. Yeah, together yeah, yeah. And it gets worse. So, um, I need to make sure I've got his first name right. But his last name is Davenport, and he's a okay. cousin I think this is the right guy, of Charles Darwin. Okay. And he had a kind of similar life experience mm -hmm. to Charles Darwin. Um, and he really latches onto this idea of eugenics, and he is really involved in eugenics. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the guy who... And he went and studied with this guy that I'm going to mention next, Francis Galton. Francis Galton was Char Charles Darwin's cousin. Okay, I've got him yeah. switched. Um, Davenport. Charles B. Davenport. Davenport. Charles B. Davenport is the friend of the half-cousin of Charles Darwin. Half-cousin is Francis Galton. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, but both of them were very influential in the eugenics movement, and they sure. kind of, like, spent some time together and, like, talked and mm -hmm. got their ideas together and super influential. I'm bad at times so mm -hmm. I, and dates, so I don't, I can't give you sure, dates yeah, on this. Sure, yeah, keep going. You're good. Um, but, so, eugenics, super prevalent, um, and other countries were, not, this wasn't just, like, ideology, this was becoming policy. Yeah. Like, forced sterilizations. I think um, it was a big I, thing in the UK, right? Were they I all in the so. UK? Was I think Galton was from the UK. Yeah. Um, and so, we talk eugenics, and we think Nazis. Mm -hmm. So, Nazis... The Ger Germany was looking at America and the policies that we were putting into place and the our eugenics, ideologies yeah. and thinking about eugenics. Mm -hmm. And we're like, let's not just sterilize people. Let's kill them. Yeah. So that they can't reproduce. Yeah. So going to the American history of it. You no, that was... That. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of it. And then, um, so 1927, there's a really, really big Supreme Court case... Which, by the way, has never been overturned. No, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Keep going. Um, Buck v. Bell. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. There were a couple court cases that I saw. And this one was one where 
it had been three generations of women who had children unmarried. These were all um, sexual assaults. Okay. None of this was consensual sex mm-hmm. that brought about these, mm-hmm. um, like, unmarried pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then they were defined as imbeciles, in, in quote. Yeah. Um, which just meant, like... Maybe they didn't get good education. Maybe sure. they were schizophrenic. Maybe they had another issue in their life. Another issue Imbecil- in their life. Imbeciles and feeble-minded are like very broad terms of these so times. So broad. And they just mean, oh, they're not... Typical. <laughs> yeah. what, we, what we want to consider normal. And, sure, sure, sure. Um, okay. So they decided to sterilize the third woman in this line. Okay. Um, her name was Vivian, I think. Mm-hmm. One of them was Vivian. Okay. Um, and they sterilized her, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, yes. Yeah. So, so the state the should be allowed to sterilize. Right. It, it's from, um, it's from 1927, and, mm-hmm. and it's Buck versus Bell, and, uh ruled that the state statute permitting compulsory sterilization of um, inmates to, of institutions uh, was totally allowed mm-hmm. um, for the health of the patient and the welfare of society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so in, in institutions, prisons. Um, Everybody was institutionalized. Mental, they yeah. mental institutions especially, because they would be institutionalized for a, a b- variety of things. For being pregnant before they were supposed to. Yeah, yeah. that was a big one for women. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, crazy, dude. Right? Crazy. I Blows learned a lot about my mind. Yeah, I learned a lot about eugenics. Um, not a lot, but I, it just broadened my knowledge of eugenics. Is is this um, this episode of this podcast I like called Criminal, mm-hmm. um, and the episode is called Unfit, I believe. Um, and it talks about the forced sterilization of the well, actually, <laughs> the sterilization without her knowledge of this woman. Um, the do- her mother got her sterilized under the, like, guise of it being a, something like an appendix They, t- they took out her appendix and they, they also, also sterilized her. Took out part of her fallopian but tube. I thought they did a full hysterectomy. We might be thinking of a different Anyways, case. Anyways. I'm sure this um, happened quite frequently, yeah. actually. Um, so then this also was a big case. Um, mm-hmm. and then that, that episode kind of goes into the history of eugenics and the history of sterilization, um, forced sterilization and, and... Sterilization without knowledge. That's the that's the craziest and scariest to me. I mean, forced sterilization is obviously a horrible, horrible thing and just awful and unthinkable, but to not know? Mm. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? And then you don't know until you get married. Mm-hmm. And then you go and sue and then you can't get anything. Yeah, it's awful. Um, one other name I want to mention um, that came up in my search that I thought I would write down. Margaret Singer. Okay. So I... Yeah. She, did she invent birth control, or was she I just a know. really I think big she's advocate just a of birth control? Yeah, I believe she's just. Um, she was. She, I don't know if she was like involved right away in the eugenics movement, or if mm-hmm. she latched on to because she thought this idea of that we need to like purify our race or whatever. Yeah. That no, that's the ide- ideology that mm-hmm. was behind all of this is yeah. that we need to keep our race clean. Pure, yeah. <clears throat> what the heck? Um, mm-hmm. She was going to advocate. Connect her thing with birth control to that, because mm-hmm. um, she thought that would get her more, more influence and more people using birth control. Yeah. So, um, that's that's not cool. Not cool, man. Not cool at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, another person horrifying to find out he was a eugenist, a Teddy Roosevelt. 
Let me read this quote. I know, this makes me I so I saw sad. this somewhere else, but now I'm reading it, it off of Reddit, so, so take it with, maybe. I hate it. It's awful. Okay. Um, he said, I wish very much that the wrong people could be prevented entirely from breeding, and when the evil nature of these people is sufficiently flagrant, this mm-hmm. should be done. Criminals should be sterilized and feeble-minded persons forbidden to leave offspring behind them. Mm. What? That's so awful. I hate I it so much. That. Ugh, it's wild. I hate it. Eugenics is awful. It's yeah. awful. It's just yeah, and it it leads into so many things like you said about our beliefs about um people who you know people in poverty, on people who are uneducated, people who don't look like us or think like us, and um, or don't communicate like us. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deaf people, blind people, people with disabilities, um, people from other countries who don't sure. speak English. Yeah. It's insane. It's actually crazy. Actually insane. Yeah. It's just like crazy how widespread um, this is, especially in America, because I think we don't think of it as an American I, issue. The one, the thing that blew my mind was that um, uh, the Nazis originally got their eugenic ideology mm-hmm. from the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, that's... That's scary to me. Yeah, so um, these forced um, and these sterilizations that women didn't know about uh, Mm -hmm. were happening until the 70s. As late as 1981, Oregon approved (gasps) a final sterilization. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Oh my word. It's less than 50 years ago. That's insane. That doesn't even... 1980 doesn't feel like 50 years ago, but I guess it is. Forty-something. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, dude. I know. Isn't that bonkers? No, it's not that long ago. (laughs) I know. That's terrifying. I know. Yeah. I I keep... I Yeah, I think about this all the time about, like, we're really not that far away from, like, you know, the civil rights movement or even really slavery. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these terrible things in our history. So, like, oh, yeah, we're still having issues. Right. Like, because, again, like we said at the beginning, like, a lot of the issues that we have now are rooted in eugenics. And, I, like, like, just I these, so... like, set in ideologies that are part mm-hmm. of our, like, society and culture that we don't even realize we No, we don't think about it. Yeah. Because it's just there. Dude, I know. Mm. And I, I, it's very natural for us people to think that the way we are is the best way to be. Right, Yeah. And that everybody should look like us and be like us, mm-hmm. which I think is normal. It's a it's a part of I think of a desire for community connection, but it gets so twisted up in like ethnocentrism and my way is the only way and it's the best yeah. way. Like yeah, just, I don't think it's true. There's so many things to learn from other cultures and people and yeah, mm-hmm. walks of life. So. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I, mm-hmm. yep. There's so much more we could say about this. I feel like this was a very shallow, uh, shallow deep dive. I'm sure we come back to this as our yeah. podcast goes on because it goes into it ties into um, a lot of other things. I would. I really need before we start talking about it. I really want to study more Catholicism and eugenics and like what the Catholic stance has been. So I got into like a really quick video about the Pope. Pope Benedict the tw- Pope Pius. 
Okay. <laughs> Which one? There were a lot of them. The 12? The one okay. that was alive, who was in power for World War Two. Okay. I believe that Pope Pius XII, but I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. think it is. I'm trying to remember. Um, Pope Pius XII. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... So those files came out, I guess, in 2020 okay. in the Vatican about some of the correspondence between um, the Pope mm-hmm. and Adolf Hitler, mm-hmm. actually. And, mm-hmm. like, I I would be really interested to, like, read some more personally or, like, read what someone who knows more than me has yeah. said about it. Yeah. Because um, it was... Crazy. Crazy. Some of it was, like, a little bit, like, um, the interview I saw was these newscasters asking this guy who wrote the book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, so was this like a friendly relationship? Was this a kind of tenuous relationship? Mm-hmm. What was this? And the guy was like, he, the um, Pope Pius Twelfth was preparing, was thinking like, I have to be able to protect my church yeah. if Europe is ruled by Hitler. Yeah. So like he was kind of being amenable, I guess, towards... What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. He's not a military leader. The Pope no. is not. So it's not like There's he's not like good. declaring war on Hitler. Yeah. Um, how much can you actually do? And... Right. And I wonder, I wonder, yeah, I wonder who the author is as well. Because I, I guess I'm always skeptical of people writing about Popes. Um, a historical, a horse historian, I guess. Yeah. Cool. They talked about him being beatified and mm-hmm. um, wanting him to be a saint. Nice. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well... You're ready to go. You've got something yeah, to be in at a minute. in um, but minutes. Let's talk about, really quick, uh, what we recommend this week. Oh, shoot. Wait. I recommend that criminal episode. And I just started a book by Scott Hahn. Mm-hmm. It's called, um, I think it's called The, L- the Lamb's Supper. Um, and it's about all about the mass. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, That's all I got for now, I think. Uh, let me see. I recommend... The Chosen. Oh, so good. Which is, I'm very late to the game on The Chosen. (laughs) So late. Um, But I'm obsessed. I stay up until 3 a.m. watching it Sunday night. So bad. And it's totally screwed over my whole week. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Have not recovered. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's amazing. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's so good. It's so weird to see, like, kind of have that perspective on how much, like, the disciples were probably bickering with each other all the time. (laughs) And, like, literally how much time they spent with Jesus. They were with him all the time. Like, they wanted to be that. with him more. I, I they're always talking about, like, where are you, Jesus? Why are you going off to be alone? And, like, Jesus is, like, off praying, praying. talking mm-hmm. to God, like, yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I love that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not caught up to you yet. Um, I'm behind I binged, in the game. Because yeah. I binged. Um, but I've been watching it with my roommate Natalie and so we were watching it together and so we haven't watched it in a while because we haven't been home at the same time much because we're both busy right now but mm-hmm. yeah so it's a busy season very fun yay so great yay no, just kidding just kidding no so bad okay um boo eugenics boo, boo. <laughs> okay. bye bye, bye.